Ready, set, action. Welcome back to Top Dives, where we talk about the misconceptions and perspectives in the entertainment industry. Now, as you guys know, stream is not here today, so Sakura is taking the place of stream for this week. Hopefully, he'll be back next week. Also, my name is Fiction Boy. I'm Whiplash Wolf. I and am I'm Luis Howes. Ah. And I'm Luis Howes, better known as Actor House. <laughs> Anyways, how you doing, Actor House? This is the first time I think you've been on the show today. Uh, quite literally. It's 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 definitely a different experience than me editing a, a lot of the videos that I've done for you guys for social media. Which we appreciate that you have been doing for us. That's a big thanks. Absolutely. Well, mm-hmm. so I guess, you know, we're going to get to the main topic, which is, you know, ever since hearing about actors speaking about... Um, about, like, you know, that man from YouTube... You felt like uh, it yes. was crucial to acknowledge that anyone within the entertainment industry, actors, voice actors, producers, editors, animators, etc., are individuals trying to do what they love and shouldn't like tolerate or expect thing this kind of, you know, treatment from anyone, you know? Absolutely. And you wanted to and you wanted to speak more about individuals who developed their craft for years and deserve more respect and dignity. So you wanted to talk about, you want to talk about it. I know you do to see what others see from an inside and outside perspective. Now you are attending school. Yep. I'm attending um, Vancouver for school. Okay. So I guess my first question I wanted to ask you is, how long have you been studying film? A very, a very good question. I wouldn't say I'm studying for film. I'm studying for acting. I've been in the acting gig since I want to say back in 2019, where I officially was like, "Wow, this is what I should be doing." Because originally, I wanted to become a commercial airline pilot. Long story short, it didn't really take off that well, but. Ultimately, ultimately, I to put it short, I've been studying acting since 2019. I got my BFA in theater performance, and now I'm getting a degree in acting for film and television. That's pretty awesome, and I hope you go a long way in your career. Definitely. You said you live in Winnipeg? Uh, Vancouver, actually. Vancouver, okay. So I didn't even know they had um, the film, like a film. Filming industry in uh, Vancouver. That's pretty Vancouver. impressive. I didn't know. I didn't know that. Yep. Yeah. Surprisingly enough, Vancouver has a very strong film industry. Even even during most of my time that I spent in school, I would always see like one or two productions on the street where it's not too far from my school, where they would actually be filming scenes for shows on Netflix on hub whatever you can think think of and a lot of the professors that are teaching the classes that i'm a part of are actually working class actor actors one i can even name two of them that i can say have been in tv shows on cartoon network or have been in major theater productions it's just a wonderful program but it's also an incredibly difficult program to get into well I hope it works out for you. Another thing I wanted to point out, which was Sakura, you mentioned to me that you've done voice acting. Actually, I am uh, an actress, like a full, like on stage behind the camera actress, or in front of the camera. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, what kind of well, tell me from your perspective that what do a lot of actors and actresses have to deal with a lot? Like, what are some of your biggest struggles? Well, like, I don't know. I- I'm really 
small time myself so like i don't have to worry about a lot of the things that like a lot of actors and actresses have to deal with but i mean i i guess probably one of the like the biggest things that you know a lot of them have to deal with is like um like dealing with fans dealing with super fans dealing with people who are ultimately pretty crazy for you know all these big time actors and actresses and you know i guess one of the other things that like you know i kind of deal with at the same time is um like just crazy schedules like you know having to be up at six in the morning out the door by seven being on set by seven thirty, and you know ready to act by like eight thirty after makeup and everything and it gets it gets pretty hectic and then there's the whole production like you know one day of filming can be eight hours and you're not even going to get through your entire um through the entire film in that time so you have to deal with being on set with the set being hot trying to stay cool trying to stay quiet being where you're supposed to be remembering your lines and it's just it's a lot now I know for a fact that there is an actor that has dealt with a lot, not just with, you know, you know, the work, but there is an actor that we all know that just recently won a Grammy award, Brendan Fraser. He went through a lot. Mm-hmm. He's, he's probably a good example of what an actor has gone through, like many, many things that, you know, no human being should have to ever go through. Exactly. Definitely. <laughs> but he's yeah. a wonderful actor, actor nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Mm. Has anybody ever seen The Whale yet? I've been wanting to. It's been on the bucket not. list. Yeah, school has been, been taking a lot of my time. We, I do need to see that movie, too. I do but, hate, um, like, the criticism against him, though. Like, it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> like, it makes no sense. Well, what sort of criticism did he go through? Oh, like the one I kept seeing the most is like they could have hired an actual fat person to play the role. Like, you do know what these actors go through for their roles, right? Like, people, like, which actor was it? There was a role that, I can't remember who it was. It wasn't Brendan Fraser, but there was an actor where they have to get, you know, physically either fit for the role or be like fat or be someone heavy or be someone fit, someone skinny. It's like when you're an actor it seems like you have to put your body through lots of morphing stages just to play a part sometimes just from a few like, i can't remember who it was yeah it could be terrifying it could be uh i feel like mentally draining i feel like there's a lot of work to do especially when it comes to your body it's not only mentally draining, but it can also be physically draining by itself. Especially depending on what do the director and the producers want out of this character. Do they want this person to look a particular way, or do they want him or her or they to perform certain things that maybe the actor is just not ready to do at that moment? Mm. That's very true. Yeah. Well, Hals, what is your perspective on actors? I think actors are, in in my perspective, and thankfully I haven't really experienced all that, I have experienced it with certain family members in which there's this expectation that if you are an actor, then you on it, you either have a side gig or you have another jo- job or a different job just to be able to keep a roof over their head. And I just remember my family being being 100% supportive on my desire to get into the acting industry, but always have a backup plan. And I get it. Mm -hmm. I absolutely get it 100%. But this is is a career that I definitely want to put my heart and soul into it. This isn't something that I do for fun. And yes, I want to be able to have a roof over my head, but I at least want to be able to do it for fun. But 
I think that just the perception of actors as be, being like people who are not going to go anywhere or that if you're not a part of a big TV show or big like podcast thing, thing, then you're not really a real actor. But real actors do things every day that maybe many people don't realize it. And the same goes for voice acting. And let me let me ask ask you this fiction or any of you when you hear voice acting what's the first thing that comes to mind like what is the first immediate thing that comes to mind cartoon shows my my say the same thing more, for me <laughs> i was more of a deeper thought <laughs> i well, was I mean, more like, thinking most... about like Okay, how do I be this character that I'm representing here? Oh, so, okay, how do you be this char character? Okay, I just yeah. misinterpret the question. That's my mistake. Like, yeah. I, I, seem, I seem like yeah. VAs as like, uh, it usually is for like animations and such. Yeah. More games. Have like, we, that's where a VAs mainly yeah. come into. Yeah, I'll go ahead and put a pin on that and, and I'll ans answer your question. When it comes to getting to the character, there's many different ways that you can do it. I am, the method that I'm currently doing it right now is the Udahaken method, in which you're basically going in depth, depth with more of the character. Like, what is their background? What kind of people are this character going to interact with? What is their social status? What's the economy? What is the setting of the world around them? And the other people can take very much different methods. I think the the biggest dangerous method that any actor could do if they actually wanted to get into a character is method acting because that just is basically it's a type of acting where you end up going basically all the way like you're living the character and you are the character on a day-to-day-to-day -to -day -to -day basis and unless you have a grounding where you're able to de-stress and de-characterize yourself or be able to leave that character in a certain place if you don't have a hold of that it could be potentially dangerous both mentally and physically and some actors end up having to go off the deep end because they just got in too much in depth to a character and they're unable to break out of it I think the biggest example would be the actor who played the Joker I, I can't remember the I can't remember Joaquin his name off the top of my head. Yeah, that's him. He played phenomenally he as really the Joker. Very much into oh, it, he was... but it. Yeah, but he's gone. But he went to a place where he was unable to get out of the character that he created for that film, and ultimately it was just part. It was just a contributing factor that did not really end well, and he died very young. Oh, oh wait, no, no, about... no, 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 uh, yeah, you're talking about the other one from 2008 who played in the... You're talking about Heath Ledger. Yeah, yeah Heath Ledger. Jo Joaquin Phoenix did the Joker I movie. Have... Yeah, I do not remember names well. <laughs> no, you're good. No, Heath, Heath Ledger, Ledger was in the Dark Knight movie, and the other one was in the Joker movie. Yeah. Which they both honestly got into the roles very well. Heath Ledger... I don't know his story, but I do believe he's a hacking. What was the Phoenix? Uh, so Heath Ledger, I remember reading up on this. He locked himself. I think he locked himself up in like a confined room for like a month or something. I can't remember. Oh, he like he like he actually like got into the role of being completely crazy for the Joker role, and he did a great wow. job. Like to me, that's still one of my favorite, which probably a lot of people too. That's everyone's favorite movie just because he did such a wonderful job it's unfortunate he overdosed i wish he didn't yeah Th that's, I that's, that point. i could easily argue that there's a bunch of different better ways to get into the character like if you have to go to the extreme it gives me just two different perspectives either it's a you're investing too much in the character to the point that it becomes unhealthy or you're not as experienced or as gift or as talented as an actor as you think you are and thus you have to go to that extremes in order to get what the director wants from this character and those are two places where i personally would not even be willy especially early on in my career i think he was going those to the extremes just... honestly <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Another character that could come into mind is uh, this is actually not a professional actor, but he was a YouTuber that went into the music industry. 
which was you know you ever heard of uh, Filthy Frank? That was a yep. character. Ah. Mm-hmm. And then he it went was. into the music. He went into music, which he's now known as Joji. And uh, yeah. he even talked about his experience of playing these characters, how mentally exhausting it was, and how damaging it was to his health. It was. He actually, um, the last video I think he talked about, um, or someone like an interview he did, he actually went to a doctor because he was having, like, wasn't a stroke, it was a seizure. He was having, like, yes, he induced seizures. seizures because of these. And he had to stop it because it was it was actually hurting him at the point. That's why he just ended it. Like everyone loves him, and that's why he's a great artist now. Like everyone has just followed him over to his like artistic side, and he does great at what he does, regardless. But nothing can really when it comes to your health. That's more important than like whatever you're doing to entertain people. Like. I know people go to the extremes like Heath did, and probably Joaquin Phoenix, because honestly, playing the Joker, people have very high expectations for that role. And it's just damaging in some points. Well, Sakura, is there any actors or actresses that you knew that went through some mental instability after playing a character? Oh, goodness... I know there has been. I just am having a hard time recalling right now. We can get back to that question once it comes to you. So I'll just say that. Yeah. Do you, I guess my question is, what skills does an actor provide you that you haven't gotten anywhere else? I'm talking to you, else, by the way. Hmm. That's, that's honestly a very... It's a very good question. I never thought of thought of that. But if I if I had to really think about it, I think what acting has taught me that I didn't notice immediately until some teachers kind of like say said like literally in front of my face, face is that once you start to understand how to act and how the scene is set up and how things work acting wise. You tend to be really, really good at understanding when you are being manipulative, manipulated one way or another. Like, if you're only having an intera- interaction with anybody, and that's what how every scene work, work, is that you're always trying to get something. And once you understand the tactics of how to get that one thing, you tend to notice it everywhere else. And I also... I also feel it taught me a lot more of how how to better communicate with people, how to better interact, and I think it's just teaching me a little bit more about self-confidence and self-awareness as well as the awareness of everybody around me. Because everyone tends to have a story and it always shows whether in the way that they talk, in the way that they move, or the way they just express themselves. There's always a story and there's always a motivation behind it, even when that motivation is to just, I want to get up out of bed in the morning, or I want to go to the other side of the room and get a glass of water. Fair enough. What about, um... Let's just say... What if an actor really wants to, or an actress wants to play a certain character? Uh, does usually who decides that this character may or may not be for them? Like, is that a is that is that a thing where some actors really want to play this character, but they get denied that because they don't really think they would do good in the role? I remember asking a similar question to my professor, and so far I. Usually the answers tend to vary because the answer that I would get from them is that it's usually up to the casting director or it's up to the producer or it's up to the director. And usually most of the time they're looking for someone very specific, whether it's a specific voice, a specific look, a specific type, and what, mind you. And ultimately, it mainly depends on who's who's making the casting. 
who's making the casting for this particular move, movie. Because one, one person, because two different people may cast for the same role. One may get it, one may not. Or they cast in something else that's completely different, and it'll be the other way around. Mm-hmm. And it's honestly, honestly, it's still something that I'm trying to wrap my head around around because depending on what's being cast and what the person is auditioning for there could be several different factors coming into play like it's just it's just an answer that i can give you the best answer that i can give but i can't really give you like a target bullseye answer on that one okay even i because even even i'm struggling like how do they decide who gets cast or not it, it could go by, based on many things. The look, it can go how they yeah, sound. The, their... And also the reputation of the person. Like if the director or the producer or editors have worked with this person that they're auditioning, regardless of whether that person may have to put in the extra effort to play a certain character or not, if they have if they had no complaints, they know what they're doing, they're good at their job, and you're able to get along with this person, you are more likely going to get cast than a complete new person who's trying to break into the industry that has no other references or connections, who is just as equally as qualified as the person who everybody in the room already knows. Okay, so I do want to ask this question, and this can be answered by Sakura as well. So... If you were to play a character, it's more than just acting. You have to be the character, and sometimes that is a scary reality. Sometimes like you're being someone you're not, and uh, sometimes you actually believe you are that person. I've heard that is a thing sometimes. Yeah, that can definitely be the case. I mean, you know, let's go back to, you know... Um... I mean, you know, part of me almost wants to use, like, Heath Ledger as, you know, another example of that, of, like, you know, he put himself through, I mean, let's just admit it, literal hell, to, you know, become the Joker, make himself insane, to live that life, and, like, you know, that that can be, that can be, it's extreme, and it's extremely detrimental, and, you know... Sure, you know, there are some times when, like, you know, you're up on stage, you know, you're in front of the camera, and, you know, you can lose sight of yourself. And, but at the same time, you know, you got to keep in the back of your mind that you have to remember that, like, you know, you're not that character. Yeah. But there is some attributes that you could possibly play. Like, for example, I could play a character that struggles with you know toxic masculinity and the you know the emotions that come with it and the judgments you get and the insecurities you get with it i could easily play a character like that because i have experienced that and but to relive it again it would be a hell for me mm-hmm. and it's more like when you're playing a character that has internal conflict and you relate to those internal conflicts, you know, like if, you know, the internal conflicts of, you know, being a transgender woman and you're playing a scene that is very conflicting about it, it brings out a side of you that is very angry or upset and those types of mental things that come with it that I think that's what's scary. Yeah, in a lot of cases like that, I mean, you know, hey. I mean, you know, especially at the time, like, you know, it can make you a better actor because, you know, you've experienced those things. You know what, you know, your character has gone through or is going to be going through. You know, that can definitely help. But at the same time, I mean, yeah, it can be absolute hell on the emotions. And, you know, if, you know, you're going to be acting that part, you kind of got to swallow it and, you know, get past that. To be able to like you know be that actor and then you know once you know like filming's done for the day and everything kind of like take a moment to like unpack everything that happened and like you know like don't let it destroy you but at the same time you know process what happened okay so let me ask you this and i'll and i'll ask Hal's as well both of you can answer this 
So we'll start off with Sakura. Okay. So what may what was the moment that you realized you wanted to be an actress? Well, um, honestly, it kind of stemmed from a couple of different things. Number one, um, all the way through high school, and actually this was you know, kind of an answer to a previous question, too, is all throughout high school, I loved drama. I loved being a part of drama. I loved you know, being among the actors and everything. But I was backstage crew. Like, I had the worst gut. I, I had stage fright, pure and simple. And, like, through the years since then, like, coming out, you know, being who I am, you know, being in front of people, presenting myself, it's given me a confidence that I've never had in my life before. And Mm -hmm. so it has encouraged me to try different things that I never thought I would have tried before. And, you know, insert, you know, uh, number two here where um, an opportunity arose for me. Um, I moved out of state. I moved down to the south. And um, I'm a huge Star Trek nerd. I am a huge Trekkie. I will never deny that fact. And nearby, um, there is actually a studio called the Neutral Zone Studios where they film um, Star Trek fan films. And um, I went to one of their fan weekends. You know, they actually have that at least once or twice a month where you can go out, check out the studio, check out the sets, get pictures, talk to the actors, talk to the owner. And I talked to the owner about, you know, hey, what does it take to become an actor here? And he's just kind of like, you know, hey, get on our emailing list. You know, we'll let you know when a part comes up and, you know, we'll be in contact. And I'm just kind of like, you know what, this might be my opportunity to finally, you know, be in in front of the camera rather than behind it. So I took the opportunity. I took the chance. And now I'm a Trekkie getting to live the Star Trek life. And it has been absolutely incredible ever since. Aw, that's adorable. (laughs) That is adorable. Okay, what about you? Pals, what did you realize you wanted to be an actor? I feel like I wanted to become an actor ever since I was relatively young, though it never really clicked in at the time. I always would grow up watching Disney Channel, like The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, Hannah Montana, Wizards of Waverly Place, and, I, and I'd be like, wow. I want to do that. And so my parents ended up putting me in some basic acting cl- classes even well before that point. And up until 2014, where my life kind of dera- derailed, I thought, well, okay, maybe I should pursue my passion for aviation, maybe be a commercial pilot. And as I mentioned before, it didn't really soar well. And then community college happened, in which I was able to audition because I didn't have anything better to do. I auditioned for Sister Act. Act, and I became part part of that musical, and I was the. Uh, what was I? I was part of the. I was part of the bar scene. I was a taxi driver, and I was. I was basically part of the ensemble, and I just remembered loving every single moment of it. I love getting getting there. I love interacting with the cast and the crew. I love reading reading and getting invested in every scene regardless of how small it was. And so I auditioned for the musical theater program in which I was rejected and got into the theater ensemble, theater ensemble at the college where I got my BFA. And then I tried auditioning for theater performance in which I was able to get in. And up until that point, I've gotten a lot more in love of wearing wearing things that get me into character, understanding how the character thinks, regardless of whether his moral standings was wrong or right, and just being on stage and actually not being myself and being able to take elements of characters that I like and, and, and encompassing it in my own daily life daily life and bada bing bada boom now i am here in vancouver and i'm still pursuing something that i passionately love okay that's pretty cool though and i'm hoping you know it does go forward now 
Now here's some good questions that I I wanting to ask. So, in terms of entertainment, what do you think makes a great story? Ooh. Now that could be there could be many perceptions of what that is. Now I'll say what yeah. I think. I okay. feel like if you do not have an antagonist that does not cause constant conflict with your protagonist, it's not going to be entertaining. And the reason why I say that is because you need conflicts to make the story interesting. Whether it's the the hero going against the villain, and the villain doesn't necessarily have to be a person, it could be nature, it could be the society, or internal struggles, internal conflicts. Conflict is, and generally, you need conflict in order for the story to be entertaining. And it also has to make sense. (laughs) That, I can at least agree. (laughs) Like, Like, when you, if you were to use a character who, and necessarily, not even the villain has to be the bad guy, either. Um, you know, because the you know the lines between what's good and evil is a blur when certain um, stories are foretold in a realistic standard. Um, and if I was to pick a story, it, you know, you definitely need have a a villain that actually knows the character's weaknesses. And he uses basically his uses his biggest strength to make it his biggest weakness, and the villain takes takes advantage of that. Because, and you know, as the audience, as the audience is viewing, they do they do want the good guy to win, right? Oh, so uh, consider this. Why is my thing acting up? Okay. <laughs> VR chat. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just it's totally VR chat. So what I'm saying is, is that think of it like this: the villain uses their biggest strength against them. Uh, we can use, for example, in the Dark Knight with Heath Ledger again, who is the Joker. He uses Batman, his weakness, because of the girl that he loves, and he he picks up on that. But you know, it's what keeps him keeps him what he's doing. You know, you know. But they also have to have a similar goal. They also have to have the same goal, which is they're both fighting for the soul of Gotham. That's their goal. Well, one's to protect it, and the other one's to take over it, right? Not no, not yeah. take over it. Uh, it, the Joker never cared about power. He just wanted to show that the world was not so different from him. I mean, that's true. Even in today's world, actually, might be more realistic. It, it, in today's so, world. if you were to use this in a, if you were to use that, the reason why I say that is because when he says the, that no, everybody can be like the Joker because they're not so different from what he is. It pushed enough, like he said in that one scene, which all you need is just a little push. Um, if he told people that he was going to, you know, destroy the hospital and these, these people has families in there and all they need to do was to kill one person to make sure that no one dies. That's his point that they're not so different from him. I mean, no, I mean, it makes complete sense. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what makes them, that's what makes the Joker in that movie so good. Because he doesn't necessarily have power, nor does he have money. I think what makes lazy writing of, a, of an antagonist is when people just give them too much power. They have an army, they have money to go against the character. Yeah. But when you, but all you, all the Joker had was you know a couple of bullets and some gasoline. Well, I feel like the reason why he's been a favorite, fan favorite, honestly, maybe this is also because of his <laughs> like backstory. Because I'm trying to think, is yeah. there any other like Batman villains that are also like him? Well, not like in his way, but no, like they have Joker's nothing. Lord. I mean, Joaquin Phoenix is like close to him. I will, I'll give him that. To be fair, mm. there has never been a movie that's like, absolutely wonderful to watch that has made me cringe at the same time. 
like some of those scenes in Joker. Like I actually had like walk out of the theater, so I didn't cringe to death. It was <laughs> it was bad because he was just playing the Joker way too well. I have yet you to mean, walk out of a theater at a movie. <laughs> you mean Phoenix? No, I, mean, I, I, I went again. Yeah, I mean, I went back into it. Is that like okay? So the one part in the Joker where he's going to the uh, comedy stand-up or stand-up comedy, that one I had to like walk out of because I I can't sit there when someone is being so bad at what they're doing and watching everyone like especially even though it was a movie. Just like the jokes are so bad that even the people in the movie are just like giving him a silent death stare. It just it hurts to see. <laughs> it's like I, I don't like people like just like being awful. Like especially when it comes to stand up comedy. Because there can be a lot of people who are just bad at telling a joke. I'm not saying I'm good. I'm absolutely not. <laughs> but that's oh, the reason why I would never do it myself. But watching Fair him enough. do it, it, like it hurt. It hurt to watch. Like I saw one part, I was like, nope. nope. I went outside and just waited until that scene you went can, away and went back in. You can relate to it. <laughs> well, the thing is that you and I can relate to it because we're doing a show too, and it's our job to entertain the audience as well. And when we feel like we messed up, it's very cringy to us, especially when you look back at a, you know our old content and we realize that we were not as prepared to talk about things as we oh, are now. Hell no. <laughs> You, 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 you start don't to... think about it. I don't think yeah. about it too when we're doing this because I'm just we're enjoying it. Like there's sometimes we'll screw up, but I mean, hey, we just roll with it. All right. Before we can continue on with this question, I need to uh, get to this, which is the questions of the week. So the question of the week is: What would you consider to be the most underrated film, live action or slash animated, and what would you consider the most overrated? Now we do have a lot of answers from a lot of people. And that would be, we'll start off with, we'll start off with the ones with Twitter, okay? So there was one by Gabriel the Omega. He said, underrated film would be my life as a Corget, I don't know how, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. And for most overrated, I say is Avatar, the one with the blue people. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> the one with the big people. <laughs> wow, James Cameron's oh avatar. <laughs> Jesus. So, have you guys even seen the second one yet? I have not. I have. Okay, I have as well. First one was, it was a great movie. It was a wonderful movie. Second movie, to me, it seems like they just, they couldn't find a place to go with it, so they kind of like took assets and like storylines from the very first one and just plopped it into the new one. It's the same uh... villain, but as an avatar. Like, it's the same exact person. They took his mind and then put him into an avatar, so it's just like... you. I, but, but Whiplash, before you start continuing on with that conversation, there's still a lot of people who haven't seen it yet. Well, I mean, hey, I'm pretty like... sure they could have got that from the, you know, the uh, cut, like, not from, like, Whatever they call it, like, um, show... I'm, I'm just saying, there's some people that don't want spoilers. Yeah, this is that, basically just... like Finding Dory 2.0. It, it could be, I'm not sure. I haven't actually watched Finding Dory. <laughs> uh, Alright, so, on to the n next one, and this is from Justin. At the Firewolf Dog. He said, the most underrated film I can definitely talk about is... Alpha and Omega. Alpha and Omega, the original movie was good. It was when they started adding more movies into it and is when it got bad. Well, yeah, low production films usually don't get that much attention. I think, but, I think the first um, and second one were... Said, oh, I wasn't finished. He said, uh, the most overrated movie is definitely Kung Fu Panda. They're also coming out with a new one in 2024. And I'm very excited to see it. I, lo I love everything about it, too. I think you got um, underrated and overrated mixed. <laughs> yeah. Alpha, Alpha and Omega. I think the first two were theatrical, but they kept just like rolling them out through just straight to DVD and VH or not VHS, but straight to DVD. I even never seen Alpha and Omega, but I've seen how many movies they make. It's like five or six. There's way too damn many. <laughs> yeah. And, and the Kung last Fu question, Panda's what fourth? Nope. Oh, go ahead. No, yeah, there's a fourth one coming. I haven't even seen the other, the other, the other three, or the other two. I've never even yeah, heard I mean, of the film until now. 
Really? Uh, the main actor really? is played by Jack Black. I must say, because the uh, first one came out in 2008, when I was in high school still. Or was it high school? Jack no, middle Black school. is a fantastic actor, though. He's a fantastic actor. Mm. Which and is also playing singer. the new Bowser as well. Which is Hell a perfect yeah. role for him. I can at least respect that. <laughs> and the last question was, or the last answer was, cue the talking doggy. And uh, he said, the underrated film I love is The Lost Boys. It is an 80s vampire thriller, and the soundtrack is very beautiful to listen to. And the most overrated film, in my opinion, is definitely Shrek. That's just my opinion, but it's honestly yes. played a lot. <laughs> I agree with this. I agree with this completely. Doge. Fair enough. You're talking Doge. Doge. Uh, well, to be fair, though, to be fair, though, it did get to a point that, but... Uh, God, who sings? What's uh, rock? Hey, now you're a rock star. Get your, okay, who sings that? Is I that can't remember now. All star. No, all star. No, the, the person who sings all star. I can't remember now. Um, it got to the. So here's the thing: is the singer of that band is to be fair. You can censor it. I'll be my one strike. He's like, ah! but it got to a point that people only <laughs> recognized them. Because of that song in Shrek, because so Shrek was like the first animated movie besides I don't know, like toys, like three D animated movie besides like Toy Story to win so many awards. It's like even in the um, movie Hall of Fame, I can't remember what it's called because of like what it is. I this I can't remember what it is. I remember looking up on it, but it's like it has a lot of awards for that and the fact that blah 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 all that stuff. But they hate it because of that. So he That's might be right. Smash it might Mouth. be over. It might be overplayed. The yeah, Smash Mouth. Yeah. Now, before we can continue on with this, I do have to say this. Also, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit that notification bell. If you hit the notification bell, you will be notified for our latest videos. So keep up with that. And thanks for that support. Also, be sure to follow us on our audio platforms and leave us a rating, and that will help us out a lot. Join our Discord and our Telegram group chat link. And all that will be in the link tree. So if you don't, uh, Whiplash is probably going to give you some bad acting. It's probably going to be cringe. <laughs> here's, the, well, here's the thing is, though, we're already cringe, so it's not like it's anything different. No. You don't do any of that. I'll make sure that every single bucket of popcorn you ever get for the rest of your life has no butter or salt on it. Oh, oh that's rough. Oh my God. That's that rough. is pretty rough. I have to go on a rant. Oh, oh my god. That just, Wait, hold that on. just unlocked a hold memory on. that I absolutely hate. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Call out the Top Dogs fans. Want some cool stuff? You can by subscribing to our server our subscription on their Discord. Become a podcast supporter today. Get exclusive raw footage. And on, uh, well, actually, uncut footage of your favorite podcast episodes. Join sup uh, supporter meetups and talk with other podcast supporters and the team. Plus, get a custom-made Paul emoji and other goodies that come with the $2.99 subscription. But wait, there's more. Upgrade to Podcast Supporter Plus and get an episode voting, supporting feedback, and live audience participation for only $5.99. You also get a sneak peek of upcoming ideas, merchandise, and more. You don't have to join these subscriptions, but then again, it always helps out. We appreciate the support. Thank you, guys. But anything and everything is helpful, no matter what. Even just a follow. Every follow helps. <laughs> so yes. Tell your friends. Get the word out. Yes. <laughs> tell them how cringe we are. <laughs> oh my I mean, furries are cringe, but hey, it's whatever. I'm here for it. It's better than being normal. Fair I mean, I, I mean, I know I'm cringe, but I, I definitely do not like all the single furries. But anyways, oh god, okay, that was, that's too far. Uh, that's that on the very you don't bottom. Like me, Sakura. Do you not even know what we're talking about? Please. I, I do. I, I'm. I know. Uh, well, no, she knows. I, I just ruined she, the joke. <laughs> no, no. She, I get what you were doing. I mean, I, I just feel I'm like you were messing too. with me. Mm -hmm. You were trying to mess with I'm me. Messing with you. Of course I am. <laughs> oh my god. We don't talk about anyway. first. We leave that alone. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, Hal's, I don't mean to distract you from the all the single furries music video. Which, by the way. I don't care if you're a furry or not. Don't watch that. It was bad. Oh my god. I'm sorry to anybody who was participating in it. Maybe you guys were intending it to be cringe. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's just not my cup of tea. 
See, I would love to see the yeah. like and dislike ratio on that video, but we'll never know anymore. <laughs> we will never know. Like, yeah. dislike. <laughs> I mean, oh, technically, you can absolutely. still see it if you are the account owner, but we can't see yeah. that. So, so. but anyway, I don't need to anymore. Yeah. So, actor house, you said something came over to your mind about what Whiplash mentioned about the whole no butter and salt. In the popcorn. Oh, ab oh, absolutely. I have so much to say just because of that. Because back when I was in community college, I worked in the movie, the movie theaters. And I worked in many different positions. I worked in the box office. I worked as a ca cashier. Here, I worked as a ticket taker. I worked in concessions. Management sucked. One of the biggest things about the cleaning the dang movie theater, and this is the this happened once, and I still don't understand it. When I was helping cleaning out the theater with a lot of my other coworkers, I ended up coming across at the end of one of the aisles, and it was a it was a really big theater, and I came up going at the end of one of the aisles, and I legitimately saw in the seat and beside the seat. A full tub of untouched popcorn, like a legitimate tub, and a large ass drink that has not been sipped, and it was still full, and I'm like, you end up coming to a movie theater, pay this much money to watch a movie, pay that much money to buy popcorn and a drink, and you didn't even touch it. From the Who business perspective, that? when I from the business perspective, I would not care. They just wasted their money over something they didn't want to eat or drink. So uh, I mean, the movie theater is not losing anything out of home with them. But it was, but it was like, the extra thing that I had to clean and take out. Like what the hell? <laughs> the rapture like, came down I'm and so took them away. <laughs> uh, trust me, it was a. Uh, trust me, the theater was a lot worse when the reboot of The Lion King came out. It was bad. Oh God, I believe, I bet mm. it was. See, you and Andreas could talk about that a lot since he's an actual supervisor of a movie theater. So you and him could probably talk about everything that exists. And that's not even the weirdest story. Weirdest story. I've heard two weirdest stories from my coworkers working at that movie theater. The first one was when he was cleaning out a movie theater. He he actually found like a full box of pizza that has all been finished, and he was like, "How the hell did a person sneak out a like a large pizza into a theater? Like someone would have noticed, and yet nobody noticed because the person legitimately brought Maybe that." Maybe they into had a big theater. ass purse. Magic oh my trick. god. <laughs> the back comes up door. To like, would you like to see a magic That's how trick? we used to sneak into the theater as kids. You know, we have one person you who went buys through the, the back ticket, door. they go to the back door, they open the back door, all the friends come in, and or in this case a pizza, and then takes it into the theater. I mean, they don't have but alarms on those doors, so, I mean, it's well, not theater... a problem. Yeah, well, the I mean, theater that I have, I was told, actually has an alarm system. So if a back door ends up opening, it would immediately alert the managers in the office if a back door was open. But that never happened. Oh, surprise! Oh, <laughs> Jesus, magic trick. I'm still, oh, I'm I mean, still, I'm still trying to process that. And there was another story that someone told told me. He was a good friend of mine. He ended up telling me that when he was helping cleaning out a theater, he ended up finding. Oh my god, he ended up finding it like a, a... He ended up finding an item that you use in the bedroom and then tossed away. And it was used. If that even I mean... Sense. No, not a no, vibrator, a condom. a condom. He ended up I mean, finding a used condom. Oh. I he guess ended up finding Andres. a used condom in the theater. Andreas before, uh, he has a lot of stories from his theater. I think there's one notorious one I'm not going to talk about, but the second one was he found two guys in the bathroom trying to... So that's oh his God. story. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus. But no, no, Andreas has a ton of stories about his work. Trust me. All right. But I will say this. We I feel like the worst time to ever work in a movie theater... I feel like the one time to work in a theater, the worst time in existence, was when Fifty Shades of Grey came out. I would never want to oh, clean up that theater. God. For me, it would have Who to knows? be Frozen 2. Wait, actually, wait, wait. I think I remember their story. I think, like, a movie theater in Tinder got jumped before in a theater because he tried telling a woman to stop moaning so loudly. <laughs> if I remember what? correctly oh from reading an God. article... Yeah, no, like, people who went to see Fifty Shades of Grey, like, they, um, uh, quite a few people, uh, 
got off. The 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 rate the way for I can say oh is is that you will get better service watching real porn than you would watch Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know I mean, what Fifty Shades of Grey is a soft porn soft core porn movie. That's what that movie is. <laughs> I have never seen it, but in that movie, and I've never even seen it. I, it, no, I don't know. Okay, so <laughs> don't worry about that. But I will. I want to ask this question because I really want to answer this one. What do you want okay. to see done in inter- in entertainment, uh, animation, film, theater wise? Now, I do want to see this. This is just me personally. A goal for me. You see, you know how there is a lot of anthropomorphic. Uh, most anthropomorphic uh, movies and TV shows are very child friendly. With the yep. exception of Beastars. Yep. Very sure. much so. I want more of those. True. I want I think more the adult most... anthropomorphic yes. movies yes. and TV shows. Does Sausage Party I count? Not... I, I can't really that disagree with that. That was a terrible movie. No. What? Hey, hey. Sausage Party was technically an anthropomorphic food movie. <laughs> oh my god. Anthropomorphic is not movie. a. Oh. That's, those are food, not animals. No, but they're, something... they're food that had arms and legs. It is anthropomorphized objects, though. So, I mean, he does have a point on that one. But you're talking about it, animals, though. Does it make the movie good, though? Does it make no, it good? No, that was a horrible movie. It was terrible. Good thing I've never seen it. <laughs> I yeah, haven't seen it. Yeah, as I was saying. Now, I am trying, my goal is to write my book series, and I do want to make my own anthropomorphic adult-like book. When I mean by adult, it's just like, you know, it's for a mature audience to read. Yeah. So, but if I was to make it a TV, I would rather make it a TV show than I would make a movie, because I feel like movies would, like, you know, like, smooth out other details. You know? Like, they, yeah, in the movie, would, they don't give the whole story. Kind of like why I like Game of Thrones, because nothing was, you know, nothing was left out in that. Yeah, I, have to, I, have to, I have to agree to that. I feel like movies are very limiting, because the longest movie that I remember watching was, like, two hours and 30 minutes long, and I feel like mm-hmm. there's so much that they could have done with that movie than have it be, like, a two-hour move, movie. And the weird thing about it is that I think creating it in a book might actually be a better alternative. Because earlier, I remember watching a YouTube video, video in which a, the YouTuber ended up having to compare like my childhood like go-to horror series, which is the Goosebumps series. And they actually compared it, paired one episode, which is Say Cheese and Die, compared to the actual book. And the book was actually a lot more darker, while the actual episode of that same book was a lot more, like, bland and very much child-friendly. And honestly, I would have just read the book. Read the book. The re- book actually felt more terrifying, and a lot of the plot in the book made a lot more sense compared to the actual, fi- the actual, the actual episode. And they actually took out a character in that episode that was originally so, in the book. So with my with my story, I do. It's gonna be like it, it isn't like I said anthropomorphic, but in, in the adult theme way. Think of it like if you've ever seen the show Peaky Blinders. Mixed with like superheroes in a way, but not like legitimate superpowers, but more like a guy that would be like a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A vigilante. Ah, so yeah, yeah. that's what I, I want to try mixing with, like that kind of thing. Yeah, if, if, you, if you guys don't know what Peaky Blinders is, think of it like the mob. Peaky Blinders. I could also make you know. Yeah. Or watch Sons of Anarchy. Actually, that's very similar too. That was a good show. You know, it's funny that you bring up this question because a friend of mine and I actually had this discussion earlier today. Um, we both started reminiscing about SWAT cats. Anybody who grew up oh, in the God. 90s remembers that SWAT show. cats. And. Oh, that yeah, one. It was about the. Yeah. 
so we started reminiscing about SWAT cats and he actually started he started drawing a fan art and stuff like that and we're sitting there talking about it and we're like we wonder whatever happened to SWAT cats because it used to belong to Hanna-Barbera and Hanna-Barbera died in 2001 so like you know who owned the rights to it and stuff like that and how cool a reboot would be well we started looking into it and there is a studio starting to do a reboot called SWAT cats revolution and we started watching like the previews for it and stuff and it almost feels like they're starting to go that same kid-friendly direction that you know like teen titans go went where you know they have like cell shaded Uh. 3d animation you know the characters look nothing like they used to it's a whole different story and it's just it's terrible it is absolutely terrible and we just all we could do while we were watching the preview is just kind of like and to answer that question go back to our roots Go back to originally drawn, you know, animation. Step back away from, you know, the 3D animation that people have been doing. And stick to the original story. Don't change things. I mean, I understand that things need to change and evolve over time. But something like a classic, like, you know, SWAT Cats, you know, for the all of us back in the 90s knew, you know try to retain a lot of you know like the originality of it that way it not only captures the original 90s audience but it'll also you know capture the new audience as well yeah there's also the thing i think some people just mix like they're gonna add lore to it that is important too my thing is though they Oh god, what happened here? Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> here my thing is they they've already ruined uh Thundercats too because they did the same exact thing to Thundercats. They made like the same yeah, animation style as Teen Titans Go. So, my only real thing is they better never screw up or never make another show like those Oh, what the in one second. <laughs> they better never like touch Car- Courage Carly Dog or Ed Ned Nettie. Because I will fight Actually, evil. there was Ed already Ed talks Ed about me doing Ed Ed Nettie. Don't tell no, me. I don't want to see it. Alone. Leave Ed Ed Nettie, leave Carrie Dog Ed alone. They because already put out concept animations for it. They're already working on I that. I don't like and it. And they've completely ruined it. They've completely. Nope. If, they if, it, if it touch courage, look. If it cut, touch courage to Carly Dog, I'm throwing hands and I'm throwing cars and I'm throwing people. <laughs> I will destroy people. That is my childhood. That series had every single emotion running through it, and it was the best series to me growing up. I will fight people. <laughs> so, but let me ask you something. Let me ask you something, House. The thing I mentioned to you about my book series, which I know this is not a movie, but I I do want to write it in the future. And I feel like a lot of furries would agree that they want something a little bit more, since, you know, majority of furries are adults, they want some more adult-themed kind of anthropomorphic movie or a TV show. Because there's not a lot of them besides Beastars. Would you like Saga? Would you like to see an anthropomorphic TV show that's more adult themed? Well, yeah, absolutely. Because, like, you know, continuing on this topic here of like, you know, TV shows becoming more child friendly is like, you know, who remembers, you know, like Bugs Bunny and all those? Those were really kind of violent you know television shows back in their day but like now they are quote-unquote adult themed and i mean like i i would really love to see animation go back to its roots again like i feel like so much has been lost over the years exactly so much has been lost over the years because you know it's funny too because it's our generation who grew up watching those shows who loved those shows that are now saying that they are too violent and too not child-friendly friendly you know the reason why south park is still successful is because they still stick to their roots it's not that because the the creators don't give a crap about what they don't give a crap about what people think about their show like people who are against it they always will make fun of them and that's what keeps giving them the laughs is they will make fun of everyone in existence and not care what people say to me what makes south park relevant and in comedy central is the fact that there's always going to be a problem in this world and guess what 
Trey Trey Parker is going to make fun of it. And so, do, you know, I forgot the other one's name. The thing is, is that they make fun of anything that's going on in this world. And that's what keeps the show going. And yeah, they don't try exactly. to Mm-hmm. Like, so my first season is season eight. The, the yeah. Warcraft episode is one of my favorite ones still. <laughs> yeah, I have to very much agree with that. Because the thing with me in South Park, I, I'm not a big fan of South South Park, I remember watching like a season or two and I'm like, okay, I think I, I'm not understanding the humor, so I'm just going to leave it alone. But I think... Uh, crap, the question was in my mind. What was the quest- question again? I, well, it wasn't really I so much a question. It was just more of a conversation oh. to like about what makes you know the shows relevant. And you also uh. have to think, you know, like when people go watch South Park, they like dark humor. Or if I want to make my if my book series into uh, this anthropomorphic thing, what are what are the furries going to look at? Or what are other people that are you know who are not furries? What are they looking for? Especially because I feel like a lot of people in our generation still like animations and cartoons. Very much so. And so far, there's been several different cartoons that are for adult adults. Like, there's been South Park, there's been The Simpsons, there's been Family, Family Guy, Guy, American Dad, yeah. and so many different others. And yet, it really still bothers me that people think that cartoons is just mainly for adults. And I would argue that if your if your main t- demographic for cartoons is only for kids, or maybe peop- or maybe kids under the age of thirteen then you're really missing out a lot of opportunities because there are a lot of things that you could do in animation that you can't do with live action or with CGI or with motion capture. There's just so much that you could play with. And I mm-hmm. I may not have grown up that much in the 90s nineties, because I grew up mainly in the 2000s, but I remember distinctively enjoying a lot lot of the old classic Looney Tunes cartoons, the classic Tom and Jerry. I didn't really care about the violence or anything. I just find it funny. I found it entertaining. And then when I look at the cartoons like from the past 10 years, I'm like, do the animators and writers think their audience is just dumb? That adults are not going to to want to watch cartoons with their kids on a Saturday morning? Like, are is that literally, literally what they're thinking about? And animations and cartoons are just not always kid-friendly. But yeah. then you take a look at Adventure Time and Regular Show and see where those two shined at, but the rest of them didn't. Yeah. And I'm also not a huge fan of reboots of any kind, whether it's in a movie or whether it's in a TV series or something that's been around for a long time, like Scooby-Doo, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Tom and Jerry, the Looney Tunes, or even the Peanuts cartoons. By the way, I can hear the sirens in the background. Yeah, I can't really do anything about it. That's living in downtown Vancouver near near probably one of the more dangerous streets of the entire city. So that's what I have to look forward to. Fair enough. But But you're not wrong though about the reboots. Yeah, and so far, uh, I feel like reboots has gone to the point where it's just ruining creativity, not only for actors, but also for editors, writers, and even animators. Heck, when the t- when the animated series Velma came out, everyone was pissed. But at least I can say this. At least I can say this. After people were thinking that Velma was going to be good, but it wasn't, I could easily be like, so, do you miss Scrappy-Doo now? Because we can bring him oh, back! God. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, not Scrappy-Doo. But still, I love it's like, Scrappy Doo. I love it's kind of funny pucker. because even though collectively, I'm pretty sure most of us do not like Teen Titans Go. No. Somehow, I just saw something today on Twitter. Apparently, it's been on the air for ten years, and it's taken over. Like it was Cartoon Network on Twitter. Apparently, they're gonna be playing every single episode that came out over the next few days because of it. Uh... So, so the Titans, the original. What I, don't, one, what I don't like, though, is that here's an imperfect example of that why I feel like a lot of uh, productions and directors should not be messing with, um, like, books to think 
the way that they think it would sound better. Kind of like when they didn't let George R.R. R. Martin finish his last book of Game of Thrones. And they had to come up with their own things for the last season, and that's what messed it up. Because he wasn't even done with this book. True, that's why everyone they, hates the last season. Yeah. I would also so, argue that another element to that is the formatting for writing a book is completely different than writing in a way that fits in a movie. Uh, the one thing that immediately comes to mind for that is like the animated film Coraline, because I remember reading the book and watching the film, and there are like distinct similarities and distinct differences, but that's because what worked in the book is why it's in the book, and it may not have translated well to the actual film. The movie. Now, yeah. here's the thing. I don't want my book or my book series to be a movie. I want it to be a TV show because people like detailed worlds. They have to understand the lore around them and they have time to, you know, develop their knowledge and their understanding of the world that I created. That's why I like TV shows better. Hmm. Touche. Mm -hmm. Didn't they say that they That's were going fair. to make a TV show of Harry Potter? Uh, you know, I'm tired of hearing your Harry Potter, I'm not even gonna lie. <laughs> tired of hearing I'm, I'm just, I'm just tired of it, it's like, it's gone through its movies, I don't care about the person who created anymore. I mean, she's yeah, trying to stay relevant enough. in a world that doesn't really care about her anymore because of her ways and what she thinks about mm -hmm. trans people, so, that's a whole other thing, though. Huh. Everyone's entitled I'm just going to bite my tongue on that whole thing, yeah, I know, because there's I know. some very colorful okay, things so. I could say, and I'm not going to. So go ahead. I know, Sakura. <laughs> well, I guess yeah. that has to conclude today's episode. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed yeah. this today's episode. We'll see you guys next week on Top Dice. Until then, stay safe. You guys are awesome. Thanks for the support, and good night. Good night. Bye-bye. Night.